Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hello. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. Hello. Um, today on the show, we thought we would kick off the new year with an eye towards being healthy and fit, not just, you know, as a parent, but as a family, things you can do as a family to really kickstart um, getting off on a healthy foot. It's important for a whole family to be healthy. And I know moms always forget about themselves. You know, dad bod is a sort of infamous, but it's also important to sort of set, um, I don't know, an example and put your kids out on good, healthy habits that they can continue through their life. So we have on an expert today, Kim Mazella, who's the general manager and nutritionist at East Point Health and Fitness. And she's joining us today to talk about how to integrate health into your family, how to talk about fitness with your kids, and really how to create a better lifestyle for your family. So we will be right back with Kim. So we are back now with Kim Mazella, General Manager and Nutritionist at East Point Health and Fitness in New Jersey. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. Great. Thank you for having me. We were really excited to have this conversation. Um, I have two teenage girls. Amy has two teenagers. Andrea has a grown son, <laughs> say. Um, but I think all of us still, you know, with our kids at different ages, think about how to have certain a healthy lifestyle for ourselves, but how you create that for your family so that your kids have a good example, sort of know how to be healthy on their own. And it's, it's hard. It sure is. I always, one of the things that I say to my clients very often is avoid that do as I say, not as I do type of mentality with their children, because a lot of the clients um, that are asking questions about their children are not really following um, a good nutrition plan or exercise plan for themselves. And I think that is the most important thing and important way to, to teach your child to be healthy is by being healthy yourself. And, you know, as parents, we, there's a lot of um, stress and on a daily basis, things that we have to deal with. And sometimes that health and wellness ball gets dropped um, out of all of the things that you have to manage. And the children see that, you know, so when their parents are making it a priority, it is um, kind of front of mind for the child when they're seeing it on a daily basis. So let's say, let's start with maybe having a younger kid, um, which I think maybe a lot of our listeners have, you know, let's say we're, you're beyond the picky eating. So let's just, let's just not even discuss that. Cause that's just crazy. Cause that's just very <laughs> difficult to deal with. Yeah. So difficult. And like a whole other thing, we could just have shows about picky eaters, but you know, let's say your kids now are six, seven, um, you know, en enough where maybe they are in after school classes, but you as a parent are still balancing, right? Like there's, you're still so hands-on at that age. Right. Um, it's, and so how would you begin as a family? Like, where would you start to incorporate this sort of healthy lifestyle? Well, I think an important thing is that you have to give yourself and your children a break. Um, so, so a lot of it doesn't, our culture is an all or nothing culture. So parents feel that they have to be 100% on board with nutrition and health or completely off the wagon. Um, so they, they really, 
kind of overdo all of the changes that they're implementing all at once. So it's important to understand that you don't want to go from zero to 100 with any of the changes that you're doing with your family and your children. Um, baby steps are always the best way. And, and maybe taking one change and implementing that for a few weeks um, we've often heard that it takes 21 days or more to start a new habit, and the same goes with your family. So, you know, children take a little bit time to gradually integrate them into a healthier lifestyle. Um, one of the things I use as an example frequently is, so six, seven, eight-year-olds are attending school, and they're also being exposed to their peer group in the way that their peers are eating. And a lot of what I see are those kind of grab-and-go meals or yogurts or those types of things. So a, a lot of them are very high in sugar. So if you're trying to decrease the amount of sugar that your child is consuming, one of the things that you don't want to do is go from giving them a sugared type of fruited yogurt squeeze or something like that to giving them, you know, a, a non-fruited Greek yogurt, which tastes like sour cream. So <laughs> they're not going to have a really positive response to that. So some of the ways that you can change that over time is to, um, to mix those yogurts together so the child will get a little bit of that taste. Their taste buds will adjust and you can kind of gradually wean them off of that sugared uh, food. It doesn't even have to be a yogurt, any type of food. Um, the same thing would go with like a peanut butter. So going from um, something that is a sugared type of mean uh, labeled peanut butter, and I'm not going to say any names in particular, <laughs> but going from that to like a more natural peanut butter is a big adjustment for a child. So one of the things that you can do is mix those two types together and gradually move them to a more natural type of peanut butter. Or maybe you find one that has a smaller amount of sugar added and, you know, do it that way over time. So that's like the most important thing that I tell a parent is, you know, they're not, they're not small adults. Their taste buds are very different than ours. So it's important to understand that you have to gradually build things in that you want them to try. Oh, that's so smart because I found that with, with one of my kids, especially like, I think with, with all kids, food is one of the few things that they can control. Right. So they exert so much control over it. And if I did try to make changes, you know, one of my kids, I'll just say it, it was my son, he would just like, <laughs> you know, totally shut down and refuse any kind of changes. But like, making small gradual changes like that, I really think that I could have, you know, changed his feeling about it without him even knowing that, oh, I wish I had known this like 15 years ago. Right. Right. It's, um, it's, it, and I, I had, uh, I actually have just a little bit of background too. I have three grown sons. So my boys, um, within four years, I had three boys and, um, very different in their eating habits, but a lot of experience with, you know, kind of moving them from being picky eaters into that, uh, you know, going to school stage and wanting to get, uh, all the quick foods on the lunch menu with their friends, um, into the teen years where, um, you know, it's, it's very difficult to manage what they're putting in their mouth in general, because they're out of the house a lot, um, into college. And you will um, be happy to know that there is hope at the end, um, for, 
for some positive eating. So they've all really grown up in an environment where we were focused very much on health. But there were times when I thought to myself, gosh, like I do this for a living and I can't get my kids to eat healthy. And, you know, what are the chances that they're really going to understand this as they get older? And that is, um, it's kind of ingrained in them. I think as adults now, they're really paying attention to um, their health and they're exercising and doing things the right way. So they've tried different things and it's nice when they, they grow into adults that you're actually seeing, you know, some of the positive things that you impacted them with when you were, when they were little, you know, so. I I have to say that I can completely agree with that. Uh, I have a 20, God, 29 year old now. And it's really interesting to see, you know, he, he was a, you know, we didn't have soda in the house. I mean, he really grew up with, with a, a mom who tried to be health conscious and tried to cook healthy, but, you know, working mom kind of situation. And um, I've seen him go from, you know, just piling on the junk in college and making really crappy choices to becoming a really healthy adult who, you know, will go and tell me that he bought chicken on sale and froze it, just like I taught him to, (laughs) and loads up on vegetables and, you know, goes to the gym. And then he, you know, goes through spurts of, you know, putting the weight back on and taking it off. But for me, it's less about that and more about I taught him what he needs to do when he's ready to do it. And that's, that's a really good feeling. Right. The timing, the timing has a lot to do with it. So, you know, just like an adult where they may not be ready to make that change, um, children obviously don't know exactly that they're not ready to make that change. But as a parent, you can see it. And so the timing is really important as to when that that change is implemented. You know, the other thing and a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, psychologists that deal with um, families and children will tell you, like, if it's a difficult time for the child, so, you know, if they're going through changing a school or moving or things like that, that's definitely not the best time to start changing their eating behavior. Um, So you have to really look at uh, what else is going on in their life and kind of take it all together and make the right decision with them. What do you think, like, I always found the biggest challenge, and I live in New York City, so there's just food is available on to a degree that I don't think is true in most places because your kids are walking, which is great. Right. But on the other hand, they're passing the cupcake store and the cookie store and the smoothie store. Like it's like the amount mm-hmm. of stuff they pass in just a block. And, you know, you're not going to give your kid a ton of money, right? Because it's crazy. But if you're giving them five bucks to get a snack after school on the way to their after school thing, um, they're going to go into one of those stores and they're going to pick up a giant chocolate chip muffin. Right. Or whatever it is, even (laughs) if they're going to go into the deli, they're not going to grab the banana. How do you like what are snacks that are relatively easy, you know, for a kid to pick up on their own? Like if you said to your kid, like, here's what we're going to kind of choose from or even as a grown up, you know, picking your kid up from school, you're not always going to have something, you know, cut up apples with you or whatever. What are those like good alternatives that you think kids would like? Well, the um. The biggest thing, the easiest thing is probably some type of smoothie, but that's a, um, a strong but. There is a lot of different choices available for them, and we really have to kind of fine-tune into the things that they're putting in their smoothies or their shakes. Um, that, that actually, I think, and 
granted, my children are a little bit older now, so I don't really get the same experience of, of what they're seeing today. But a lot of those are quick, they're readily available, and they're they're not necessarily interpreted as being too healthy, right? So depending on what they're putting in it, they can still choose like a fruit smoothie or something like that that's lower in sugar um, and be cautious with what they're adding into it so they can do that. Um, the other thing is like trail mix and nuts, um, protein bars or granola bars that are a little bit lower in sugar. So they can still get a little bit of that, okay, this is a fun snack and it's quick and I can take it with me, but um, it is somewhat healthy, has some fiber, has some protein in it, those types of things. Um, there is also a really big choice available um, in terms of health for them now where 20 years ago that wasn't an option. So not that not that your child is going to go into the grocery store and choose like hard-boiled eggs and celery right. sticks, <laughs> um, which would be the optimal uh, right. But even but, I don't go in and choose hard-boiled yes, eggs exactly. and celery sticks. So. But, you know, there are, there are some cute things available. Like, um, you know, one of the things that I was happy to see is like these protein packs that are offered at different fast food places now. Um, they where they can get like a couple of cheese and crackers or like peanut butter and crackers and then there's some cut up apples or some type of fruit in it um, maybe a hard-boiled egg or some um, chunks of turkey those things are they're kind of fun because there's like a lot of different options for them to choose from so that's a good one too uh, it, in reference Rebecca to your uh, to your question about the um like how to prevent them from doing that or how to kind of steer them in the right direction with their friends, that's probably one of the most difficult situations because they obviously get that peer pressure. They know what is healthy or what they should be eating, but it's difficult for them to make that decision in that environment. So I would tell a parent that, you know, when they're home and they're within um, the safe environment at home, we want to make those healthier decisions there and maybe give them a little bit of flexibility, you know, when they're out uh, walking around by themselves. That would be a time when maybe they don't make the healthiest choice. But so we concentrate more on it when they're home. And I also know that uh, for just from my own experience, not only with my kids, but from when I was first going out on my own and having a little bit of spending money, I feel like the earlier you let them experience that and kind of ease them into it, the better they handle it. Because when I just suddenly had money and suddenly had the the, the <laughs> ability to go get French fries anytime I wanted, that's like what I did every day for a couple of months. Right. That that probably goes uh, applies across the board, really, on anything that your child is exposed right. to, not just food. Right. So you always hear the the parents that are talking. You know, like um, you know the kids that don't. Uh, per se, get in trouble in school or the ones that go to college and, you know, get in trouble all the time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I feel like giving them the flexibility to make those decisions is really important at a young age. And you have to realize as a parent that they're not going to make the choice that you would make all the time. But I think uh, that teaching them and educating them at that age is really important. Okay, yes, you you picked the cookie instead of the apple. But you know, this is this is what's in that apple that might help you play a better soccer game today. So kind of tying it into um, things that they enjoy doing and how they're going to feel a little bit differently when they're making the right choice. 
And maybe like, okay, you had the cookie. That's fantastic. When we get home, you know, I've got those carrots cut up and that dip. Maybe we can go to that instead of the chips since you already had a cookie. Right. Well, and I also think, um, and Amy, I think you can agree with this, is that sometimes when you just have a bowl of carrots out or a bowl of sugar snap peas (laughs) or something, as opposed to a bowl of nuts or a bowl of something, you know, that has a lot of sugar in it, kids will eat it. Well, the reason that Andrea is referencing me in this is that um, for the week after Halloween this year, I usually like the candy's just gone and it's put away and, and you know, I kind of forget about it. I'm very much out of sight, out of mind. For some reason, that bowl of candy stayed on my counter for a week. And I would just like walk by, grab a couple, eat it and wasn't even thinking about it. So then one day I go to Andrea's house and we're doing some work and she has a bowl of carrot sticks. Oh. <laughs> and I just kept eating the carrot sticks just like it was the candy. Like it didn't matter what was in front of me. I was just going to munch on whatever was there. So just changing it. Like I didn't even care that it wasn't chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you were like, wow, I should do this because I'm eating this and not <laughs> chocolate. And the funny thing is that when my son and his friends were growing up, his best friend's mother was just insistent that they eat fruit every night or every day or every meal or whatever. And she would just go and cut up apples and cut up oranges and whatever she had in the house. In the summer, it was great. She had fresh fruit. And I would like roll my eyes at my husband and say, oh, God, here she goes again. You know what? Those kids ate the fruit. Yeah, They just would come back and grab it and snack and grab a piece of apple because it was easy and it was there. Yeah, A lot of it has to do with um, availability and environment. So I talk about this with my adult clients all the time. Um, And I do have, I have a lot of my adult clients that actually have wound up bringing their children in for different issues that they're having um, with their food. And one of the things we talk about is environmental impact. So a lot of that, um, the neurological pathways in your brain are formed at a young age to make those habits. So like Amy, you were saying, you know, maybe when you work, you're so, you're not even consciously making those food choices. And mm-hmm. a lot of people fall into those patterns and kids are, are just as impacted by those uh, habits. So changing the environment like visually taking the candy dish out of the room or putting it in a cabinet can make a significant difference in the amount you consume. And they've done, um, Cornell did a lot of studies on this years ago, um, and they called it the candy dish experiment. And they did it in an office where they had like a clear candy dish, and then they tried changing it to to an opaque candy dish so that people wouldn't see the candy. Hmm. And they ate significantly less candy when they couldn't see it. So even though it was in the same place, um, so, you know, the same thing with your kids. If you have those snacks, eye level, like that's what they do with the grocery stores, right? So they put everything that they want the kids to buy eye level in your little checkout line. Um, by changing that, you significantly change the way that they uh, make do- those decisions. So it seems so simple, but it totally works on me. I know, right? I don't know. I hide all my chocolate just because I don't want my kids to eat it. I'm not worried about me. <laughs> I just want my kids to find it. I'll have nothing left. That's so, you right. know, I, want, I have another question for you, which I think comes up a lot. And I have a lot of girlfriends who struggle with this, which is they are constantly, as the mom and, and dads too, trying a new diet. So maybe mm-hmm. they're doing a shake diet. Maybe they're doing intermittent fasting. Maybe they're doing keto, whatever it is. And started to realize, um, I think one of my friends, actually her son said to her, like, 
this is so messed up. Like you have such a bad relationship. Like her yeah. son as it, and when he was a teenager said to her, like, why are you always doing this? Um, you know, how do you balance that as an adult who maybe is constantly trying to lose weight and trying to do these things, not realizing that it's sending like a weird message to your kids, particularly your daughters, I think, if you have right. a daughter. Um, how do you balance that? And, and what's your recommendation for those parents? So um, these are some of the individuals that I've worked with. Um, and I'll give you an example. I had I had done a presentation at um, a PTO meeting for the moms. And then one of the moms that was at the meeting actually brought her, um, I think he is about 11 now. She brought him in to see me. Uh, because he was complaining about his weight. So as a parent, we know, like body image-wise, we have to be really cautious in what we say, how we react to how they're eating, and also um, what they're seeing with us, right? So as I said in the beginning, like do as I say, not as I do. If they continually see your weight going up and down and your eating habits being, you know, completely on the wagon or off the wagon, that's what they're going to start to emulate. So, you know, you have to be just as with everything else, you know, if, if, if the parent is cursing or they're, you know, doing some type of behavior in the home, the children are going to see that. And, your eating habits are kind of like under the microscope. So I really encourage moms. Um, we obviously have a lot more adults in the gym. So I encourage the moms to establish a healthy balance between the way they eat, being strong and healthy versus um, quote unquote losing weight, right? So with children, I encourage like when I had that young boy in, he was actually a really healthy eater. He tend to tended to eat more like an adult, but that was the problem was his portion sizes were way out of line. So we tried to kind of reward him when he ate a little bit less. And that reward had to do with some type of activity that he enjoyed. So on one end, we were increasing his activity level while decreasing his food consumption. And that seems to work really well um, for children, too, because we want to be really cautious, especially with girls. Um, we have to be very cautious about the way that they're seeing uh, themselves and their self-image, and we don't want to in any way kind of um, stifle that. So I really encourage moms of girls to talk more to their girls about being strong and healthy and active and stress that part more so than the food. Uh, the other thing that you can do is tie the the food, like we said before, the types of food that they're eating can be tied into their mood, their energy level, their activity, and their performance in that activity. So if they have something that they're really, like let's say, you know, they're a gymnast, which again is focusing on being lean and strong, you want to make sure that they know that having maybe oatmeal and fruit in the morning is going to give them a better performance as a gymnast versus having, you know, a sugared cereal that they're eating. So yeah, that's all really smart. This beginning of the year is a time when I think, you know, we all know that the weight loss industry kicks into high gear and tries to sell everyone everything in this, you know, right. month of January. And I think, um, you know, I know even with my own girls, when they were little, especially like the amount of weight loss commercials they see, the Jenny Craig, the before mm -hmm. and after, and now on Instagram, it's everywhere. Um, it's it's important, I think, for, for parents to hear that message that like, it doesn't have to be these extremes, but they also should realize what they're emulating. I don't think people realize how closely their children watch them. 
Yeah, they definitely, they definitely do. And I grew up, um, I actually grew up in a home where, um, you know, and this is like in the seventies where, uh, there was a scale in the bathroom. I weighed myself every morning. My mother was always on a diet. She had, um, clothes in the attic with all different, like there was hers. She labeled them skinny clothes, fat clothes. Um, Oh God, it's me. You're, you grow up, you grow up in that environment. And as a female, um, I had two brothers and as a female, it definitely impacted me more as I got older. And then I started to study nutrition in college and I kind of changed my mindset. So, you know, the, the education piece of it for parents is really important and realizing that, you know, when you look at children that are having issues with their eating or their weight, you can probably look at the family in general and see that there are ongoing issues in the family, not just with that child, you know? And it's not necessarily that the other people have a weight issue. It it could just be that their focus is on something that's kind of messing up the kid. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too. I mean, you know, as a mom, too, different kids have different appetites. Like, they, they genuinely do. Um, and I, you know, even I know for, like, me and my sister, we, we were very different body types from day one. Like, we just were um, and had very different appetites. And I think that's hard too within a family, you know, and I know for people with um, boys and girls, sometimes that happens too, where the boys, you know, when they hit puberty, they can eat three pizzas and still be a twig. And the girl looks at a piece of pizza and gains 10 pounds. Um, It's that's, it's a really hard thing to balance in a home. Yeah, it, um, it definitely is, you know, the whole thing with nutrition and health, I think, is it it's very interconnected to everything else that happens. So it's not just it's not just behaviors of food and eating, it's behaviors of, you know, maybe one child is outgoing, one child is an introvert. Like you're always trying to balance all of that and kind of make sure you're covering everyone else's needs. And, you know, as a parent, as a mom particularly, that is really difficult because you find that you're always trying to make sure everything is right for everybody else and kind of we get lost in the shuffle in there um, with paying attention to our health and wellness too. So, No, that's great. So like let's – I'm going to kind of wrap it up because I know we're taking so much of your time. But No, that's so okay. As people, as people look towards the new year to creating this healthier family, what would you have just a couple key – takeaways both, you know, for the nutrition moving forward and also just how to add activity into your lives? Sure. Um, So, you know, the the first and foremost, um, I think, is to kind of take a step back and evaluate uh, what changes you want to implement versus just jumping in and starting to change everything all at once. Like we said, we want to take it a little bit more slowly Think about the child, the family situation, what else is going on, and kind of target um, something that's going to get you the most bang for your buck. And I use that term a lot with my nutrition clients. So, you know, what is the biggest thing that you think is impacting your family's health? Is it snacking at night while you're watching TV? Is it the fact that it's crazy in the morning and you're running out the door and everyone skips breakfast? And just try to hit that one thing. Um, that is going to get you the most uh, for your for your effort and target that first. And then once you feel like you've gotten that to be more of a habit, move on to something else. Um, the, the activity is really hard, especially 
obviously in the Northeast in um, the winter months. So, <laughs> you know, that uh, you might want to research getting your children involved in some type of program that focuses on either the sport that they like to play, or there are a lot of gyms now, um, us included, that run programs for either uh, early teenage years or later teenage years where we can actively get them involved in learning the proper way to exercise. So, you know, maybe getting them temporarily during the winter into a program that's a six to eight week program in between sports sessions to kind of keep them active during that time. I would say those are, are probably the two things. So, you know, with the nutrition, um, again, focusing on one thing at a time and making sure that the child is comfortable with that. And then also encouraging some type of activity during the winter months when it's a little cold outside. And I'm just going to speak up again for the connect from Xbox because- and, Is that and we, still out? Oh my God. We Well, we never got the new one. We never got one to go with our Xbox One. We're still using the one that I think they gave us back when we used to work with them for our, our Xbox 360. And just if you know when when we had little cousins here over Thanksgiving and it was really cold, everybody was on the connect, sweating. Right. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's um you know the the thing with what we see with more technology um, is is that they're encouraging activity, which is great. But um, the the bottom line is like a lot of the sports drinks and things like that, that kids are consuming while they're playing video games are part of the problem. Um, not those active video games like connect, but you know, where they're sitting, there, just, uh, intensely focusing on the screen. So, um, definitely, uh, definitely a great way, especially if your family is involved in it. Mm -hmm. Like if you're able to get involved with your child and you're, you know, not only encouraging them to exercise, but you're exercising too, which is the best way for them to see it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Kim. This was such helpful advice for people starting off the new year. And I like especially to go slow with your kids yes. and not just be like, now that it's January 1, no more sugar. <laughs> yeah, be patient because you know as an adult, like if you try to cut out sugar from your diet, it's kind of difficult for you. So, you know, we have to kind of, that's really important. Like be gentle with yourself, listen to how you're feeling and um, continue, continue to take those small steps. So. And I love the whole idea of just having the whole family do it because again, you know, you have to walk the walk. Absolutely. So moms, you need to take care of yourself too, right? <laughs> yes. It's, it's like, we all know it, right? yes. but it's so much easier to do it or things you feel like that is taken care. You know, sometimes the, the quick, food part of it feels like you're taking care of yourself because you don't have to cook and you don't have to deal with stuff. But there's other ways to do that too, like um, delegating, <laughs> letting right. other people do some of that stuff too. Perfect. So. <laughs> thank you so much, Kim, and have a happy new year. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for your time and have a great holiday and a happy new year. Happy new year. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. We will be right back with our Bites slash resolutions of the week. <laughs> so this week, for something a little different, since it's the new year, we are going to do resolutions slash bites. <laughs> we might have a bite that ties into our resolutions, but we thought it would be fun to like put the resolutions out there, and if we have a bite to go along with it, so be it. Amy, what do you have? All right. So... I'm not great with resolutions. I don't usually even do them. But I remember um, a couple of years ago on this show, I actually did one. I said I was going to get a cleaning person finally after like, you know, 
12 or 13 years at that point without one. Took me two years. (laughs) Took me like one year and 10 months from when we did that episode. So I do them eventually. Um, But yeah, that felt great. Like finally got my house cleaned and organized and and it was like a huge weight off, Um, (laughs) which really weight off should be my resolution for this year, but it's not. Um, My resolution, I was watching an interview, I feel like it was about two or three weeks ago. It was Robert De Niro on the Colbert Report. And he was doing press for what, the Irishman probably? And his entire demeanor was like, I don't really give a f- that I'm on this national TV show being interviewed. I don't really want to be, not like rudely. Like Adam Driver? <laughs> He's a totally, I don't even know what to say about him. It's more like, it's not rude. It's more like, okay, I'm here. If you ask me interesting questions, I'll be interesting. If not, he I'm not he's not a people pleaser. That's right. the thing. That's good for him. Good for him. Like he's not going to just do a tap dance to make you happy because he's right. on the show. And which made for a really really good interview. Like it was just so much fun watching Stephen Colbert try to like get anything out of him right is this the one where they switch seats yes yeah i saw that actually (laughs) it was i'll I'll show i'll I'll put a clip it was very funny oh my god it was so funny but afterwards you know like besides just being an entertaining clip like just thinking about that i'm like you know he knows what he's doing he's been around for long enough that he doesn't have to like worry about how much how how people are perceiving him as long as he's doing good work he can be sure enough of of himself to behave like that and again I don't perceive it as rude I just perceive it as I'm a master at what I'm doing I've been doing it for a long time I don't need to work so hard to please everybody I've been doing what I do for like 12 or 13 years now I've gotten pretty good at it, but I'm still such a people pleaser. And especially when I'm negotiating, I'm awful at it. I'm just, I'm terrible at negotiating because I want people to like me. So in the new year, I'm just going to try a little bit to be a little bit more like Robert De Niro. (laughs) Just be sure of myself not worry quite so much about what people think of me in work things. I think in, in daily life, I've, I've kind of got that. I, I've kind of got it down, but in work, I don't. So there you go. We'll see how it goes. Andrea? Okay, so I have a few resolutions. <laughs> I always try to have a few resolutions. And of course, fitness is always one of those. Um, I feel like I've been pretty good. But there's so many new types of fitness programs out there that um, I'm going to try to pull them all together into an article in the new year. And that means I get to try them. So a couple of things. There's these new subscription-based workout programs. Um, I think, Rebecca, your kids use ClassPass where they can go to different classes. 
there. So this is um, a subscription-based program that you can do at home. And like the Peloton, a lot of people have heard about the Peloton. You get the bike and you subscribe monthly. Um, or Bowflex. I have one of the Bowflex trainers and they have programs. But the problem with those is Bowflex is a lot of um, cardio and treadmill. And a lot of people really want kind of cross training. You want to be able to do other things. So there's a couple of them out there. There's um, Daily Burn, which does cardio. It does Pilates. It does uh, bar classes. Peloton, of course, has their um, their bike and their treadmill, but they also have Peloton Digital. There's Core Power uh, for people who like yoga. There's Glow. Um, there's a new one that I'm going to try called Freeletics. So these are all things that I, I can't say I've tried yet, but I'm going to try them because that's going to be my resolution, <laughs> one of them. And um, hopefully I'll pull them all in into an article and uh, can link to it at some point when I get it done. And I would love to hear what other people are using as well. Oh, I'm really interested to hear what you think about those. Yeah, me too. I've tried, I've signed up and dropped so many of those services before. And then I found the only thing that really works um, at home is like finding the instructors I really like. And on my Amazon Fire TV, like there are so many fitness uh, videos and channels available. Like if you find someone you really like, I never yeah. looked at those. Oh, they're amazing. Oh, what I've been doing, so at the gym up at the clubhouse here, we do this kind of instructor, instructor, you know, resident-led walking. And um, they go up and, and there's this instructor that everybody likes and they have a, a DVD and we kind of work to that. And I got so bored and I was like, I cannot listen to this woman laugh one right. more time. And her jokes are so stupid. I just can't do this. And so I sat down one day. I spent an hour on YouTube and I looked through all her other videos. I looked through other similar videos. And now I go with my iPad. I got a, a lightning to HDMI connector. I bring it to the gym. The women are all like, you are awesome. <laughs> and every week we have a different, I put it on the TV, and every week we have a different 30-minute cardio class that I'm just watching off YouTube. And it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's great. That's so much fun. All right. Well, my bite this week um, is Allison Roman's new cookbook, Nothing Fancy, Unfussy food for having people over. If you don't know Alison Roman, she is one of the New York Times um, cooking writers. She is the one responsible for the stew and the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about the stew last you, year. We did, yeah. Um, the cookies are pretty amazing. I think that was her first like crazy viral recipe. Um, she's delightful. Her recipes are super easy and really good. Like they're not no offense to Rachel Ray, but they're not like Rachel Ray kind of junky 30 minute recipes where mm -hmm. you just dump a bunch of stuff in a pot and stir it up and go, woohoo. Um, they're actually very nuanced and delicious um, and deceptively um, easy. They seem very sophisticated. They're not. She was had the number one recipe of the year on the New York Times as well, which was her vinegar chicken. Again, like a super easy recipe. So my New Year's resolution is to have people over for dinner more. Oh. or brunch or whatever because I actually really love it and my niece and nephew live here now and they have their boyfriend and their girlfriend respectively and we like had them over had my niece and her boyfriend over for dinner a couple weeks ago and we had them all over for brunch last week and it's just really nice and I always felt like my apartment was too small or whatever so I always have people whenever I had people over maybe it was 
two times a year, three times a year, it'd be my family. It just felt like a big deal. Like set the, t- I don't know. It's just like we had to clean. Or blah, blah. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm over it. Like, right. it's like just you, don't- you made too much of a big deal out of it. Yes. Like I made like everything has to be in a pretty dish and everything has to be in a thing and everything has to have a serving thing. And now I'm like, I don't care. Like everything has to be ready Good. before they so arrive. So when are, when are Amy and I coming over? <laughs> oh my God. I'm totally have you guys over. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, ne- so, I, how long have I known you? I've never been to your apartment. You've never been to my house because you're allergic no. to cats. But, I can't come in your door. <laughs> but I have I'll no die. excuse for not, not being in your place. It's very weird. And I think that's very true in New York. I know I don't think it's true in the suburbs, but in New York City, I can't tell you how many people have never been to their friends' apartments ever. Yeah. Um, it's just you meet out. You meet out you at, meet a, at restaurant. a restaurant. Yep. And part of it's because people don't like to cook. And part of it is just the size of people's apartments. And like, it's funny because my husband and I were first married. We lived in a studio. This is how we knew we could get married. It's actually, this is before we got married. When we first moved in together, we were in probably maybe a 300 square foot studio. I think I'm being generous. It had room for a queen bed, a futon, couch, and a, um, you know, a little TV table and a desk. Like that's, we lived in that and it had not a real kitchen. Had like a three quarter stove and like a three quarter fridge. Um, and we used to have huge parties, <laughs> like we would have like <laughs> 20, 30 people and, and I'd cook and we'd have food and we'd have our different, and like, and like, I think we were 23, like, what did we, yeah, we were like, sure, everyone come over. Cause you didn't care. Right. Um, and now for somehow as an adult, everything seemed like it needed to be like at a different level or just better. So I'm over it. Um, and that is the basis of her cookbook nothing fancy is like stop making this big deal over having people over it's just about sharing the meal and it's all really simple easy recipes that look awesome that feed a bunch of people um, but that don't like trap you in the kitchen or don't feel intimidating and yeah so you're over it so we'll be over Uh, yes (laughs) I will have you over I'm gonna kind of take on both of your bites both of your resolutions as my own along with mine I like yours. I feel like um, I've gotten good at work saying no and, you know, and certainly negotiating. I could that I can really do because <laughs> um, I've had to be such a hard ass in so many instances. But um, it's harder. I have the harder time in my personal life. Saying, so we're the opposite. We're the opposite. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I don't so like. You know, I need you to negotiate my work stuff for me. And I don't know. I'll stand in front of you in social situations and be a bitch. (laughs) I don't have a problem being a bitch. (laughs) Most people will tell you that. It's more that like I actually would just rather like I just let it all go to a degree that I think maybe isn't always good. You Mm. know, I'm always like, oh, that's just who that person is. And I'm thinking, "Eh." (laughs) you know, but we'll see. Um, All right. Well, those are our bites and slash resolutions for the week. We will be back next week from CES, or Andrew and Amy will. I'm going to be happily at home (laughs) watching from afar. Being healthy. Being healthy, (laughs) not getting the CES plague. Um, (laughs) We're going to come back so sick and so tired. No, you always do. I always, you go out and have fun and do parties and all of that. And I stay home and do nothing and suck down Zycam and come home healthy. (laughs) And hand sanitizer. Just keep wiping your hands. Gee, I wonder what's wrong with that picture. (laughs) I think that ties into resolutions, but we'll have to go back on that. Um, We will have links to everything we talked about at our site, parentingbites.com. On facebook.com slash parentingbites, you can leave us comments, give us questions, tell us something you'd like to hear about. 
please continue to listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, share, subscribe. Again, we love to hear from our audience. And until next week, happy parenting. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.